0: It is no secret that a lot of first responders out there struggle in their relationships and their marriages. If you are one of those people, you need to listen to my next guest. His name is Mort Fertel. He is the founder of Marriage Fitness, and it's an innovative step-by-step relationship changing system that teaches couples how to save their marriage. Mort's approach is different from conventional counseling techniques, The Marriage Fitness Program helps couples neutralize their problems and put into practice a system of relationship habits that shift the momentum of the marriage. What makes this program different? Couples don't have to dig into their past, dread up old problems, or practice communication techniques. Yes, I said that. It's not your typical marriage counseling. It's marriage fitness. Mort Fertel, next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Patrick here. Welcome to the CJ Evolution Podcast. If you're a new listener, we hope you love the show. We know you will. If you're an old listener, welcome back. Big shout out to all the brave men and women out there working in the criminal justice field, keeping our communities safe. You are honored, cherished, and you are loved. Keep up the fantastic work. Man, I'm super pumped about partnering up with two amazing people out there, Carrie Wooten and Jared Hardy. We bring you triad leadership and development. Your ascent begins in 2020. Team Triad is on a mission, and that mission is to equip organizational leaders with the skills and ability to unlock their leadership potential, get the most out of their career, and live their purpose beyond the badge. Head over to mindsetenterprise.net slash team triad for more information. You're going to see a bunch of information. This is such A great collaboration. You are gonna love this workshop. Christmas is right around the corner, folks. And if you're looking for that perfect gift for the first responder in your life, look no further than my micro book Evolve, a very powerful book that's a game changer. It is gonna change your life personally and professionally. If you want a signed copy of my book Evolve, reach out to me through social media. I will get you. A signed copy. If you want a free ebook version, head over to cjevolution.com and you're going to see information on how to get your free ebook version of Evolve. Folks, if you love coffee, and I know most of you do, you are going to love the coffee, Cocos and Elixirs from Four Sigmatic. You know I'm a huge fan of Four Sigmatic. I personally love the Lion's Mane Mushroom Coffee. No, it's not weird mushrooms. It's actually good mushrooms. It's good for you. And it tastes like regular coffee. If you head over to the website, click on the link to Four Sigmatic, see their amazing products. Best of all, you're going to get 15% off using the promo code CJEVO. On to the show with Mort Fertel. Hello, everybody! Very excited to have my next guest on the show, Mort Fertel. How are you doing, sir? Great, great. How are you, Patrick? I am doing fantastic. I'm so excited that you're on the show, and I want to get into marriage fitness and what you're doing for for uh, the masses out there. But how did you get into this? What was the catalyst? How, what put you on your journey, sir? Uh, you know, with with helping people in their relationships and counseling and things like that. What was the What was the path? How, what was the catalyst for you?
1: Interesting question. And you'll let me know how deep you want me to go into this answer. But in short, it really is coming from a very personal place. Uh, It wasn't like I decided to have a career uh, being a marriage expert and helping people in their marriages. My wife and I many years ago had our own marital crisis. Mm -hmm. And this was long before I was doing what I'm doing. And um, uh, we reached out for help in sort of the typical ways we went to a counselor and my wife learned about Mars and I learned about Venus. And <laughs> we, both, we both learned to repeat after each other what the previous one had said and and all of this kind of silliness that we found to be very impractical and ineffective. Um, and we were really horrified with sort of the, the, the quality and the type of help that was available. Mm-hmm. Everybody was asking us whether it was face-to-face or something we were reading to focus on our problems. Like what's wrong? And we found that the more we answered that question, the more we, we were immersed in the negativity of our situation, yeah. which just made things worse. And long story short, we had success turning things around when instead of focusing on fixing what was wrong, we focused on making new things right. And when we started to do that, things really transformed in our relationship. Yeah. And when we got through that whole experience, I mean, I'm making a very long story short, but when we got through that, we really felt like, wow, we have a responsibility to other people that are out there in marital crisis to show, help show them the path that we took that we found to be so successful in healing our marriage. So we ended up kind of reflecting on what we did and sort of codifying a whole methodology based on what we did that is now known as the Marriage Fitness Teleboot Camp. It's a whole self-help program that people participate in that includes teleconferences and a workbook and audio files and assessments. And it's, uh, it delivers the whole methodology that we created, um, which helps people move forward in their marriage rather than focusing on the past and getting stuck there.
0: Why is it, uh, and thank you for what you're doing, Mort. I mean, it's, it's, it's much needed, especially we were talking a little bit off the air uh, in today's society, wh- why are so many quote experts out there that, that are marriage counselors and, and coaching and helping couples? Why why are they stuck? You know, with just because what you're telling me is makes perfect sense. Why are they focused on okay? Let's just kind of stay in the negative and okay, this is what you do wrong. This is why can't they do what you said and just kind of focus on getting past that? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um... I don't know if I can answer that because Hmm. it's been so many years that the professional community has been doing it that I don't, I don't really know how or where it started, but I think at this point, everybody's just, you know, following everybody else and doing what's always been done despite the fact that it doesn't work. And now there's actually evidence and research that shows that it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. The other thing I think that's happening is that I think that the professional community is following the people that are in crisis. In other words, If you ask somebody in marital crisis, what's going on? What do you want to talk about? How do you feel? What's tell me your story. They will talk about the problems and the issues. They will talk about the pain. They will talk about the past. Mm -hmm. And if we follow them, uh, then that's where we will be. But of course, these people are in marital crisis, not because they, uh, but these people are in that marital crisis. We shouldn't see them as the leaders. We need to be the leaders. And we should be helping them follow us. We need to be smart enough to understand what the solution to the problem is. It's not to follow them into the negative negativity of their situation, but it's to lead them and help try to lift them out of the negativity, into moving forward with something positive. And what do you? What's
0: what are the when people come to you more and enlist your services? What are some of the problems? You know, the reoccurring issues or problems that you see over and over again. Uh, You know, we talked again briefly off the air. Um, My ex-wife and I were divorced after many years of marriage, and I know from, you know, I had many faults, many weaknesses on my end, but one of the things that I told you was I I wasn't a very good communicator. You know, I didn't communicate my feelings. I didn't communicate. I held a lot of things in, which was wrong. But when people come to you, what do you see? I mean, what are you hearing that's reoccurring?
1: yeah, so it's an interesting question. It's a particularly interesting question question, given our last topic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if you, you probably don't even realize it, but the, your question really relates to the last thing we discussed because sure. there's two different ways I could answer that question. The first way I'll answer it is by telling you what kind of I see objectively and what people would describe. And it's all the things that you would expect, right? So it's infidelity, Uh, Somebody's being controlling. Somebody feels deeply unappreciated and taken for granted. Somebody's really in love with their work or their hobby or sports and really ignoring or neglecting their spouse. Uh, Somebody's highly critical and constantly screaming or yelling or complaining or criticizing Um, people that lead parallel lives and don't spend time together. Mm -hmm. It's all the things that you would expect, but... The second way that I really prefer to answer the question, which I think is the more accurate answer to the question, is that beyond all of the things that people would describe as wrong, and beyond all of the ways that I could describe what I sort of objectively see, there is one core problem every single time, and that is that people are disconnected. Hmm. They, They lack a core connection to each other and all the other things that they would describe and that i just described are really not the problem it's what people want to talk about it's what they describe it's even what people a lot of people write about it's not the problem they're the symptoms the real core problem is a lack of connection between a husband and wife Hmm. you know you mentioned that you had you know problems communicating in your previous marriage. A lot of people, of course, complain that our problem is communication. And my answer to that is, really? Are you sure?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Take me back 20 years when you hardly knew each other and um, hadn't been to counseling and didn't know anything about Mars or Venus. How was your communication then? Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah.
1: I, knew ex- I knew exactly what he was thinking she could communicate with a wink of an eye and we could finish each other's sentences. And now here we are 20 years later, we've mastered all the communication techniques. The expert can speak, you know, can teach us. And yet we can't communicate with each other. Communication is, is, is not the problem. Mm -hmm. It's the symptom. When people are deeply connected, they can communicate with the wink of an eye and finish each other's sentences. And when they're not connected, You can practice all the communication techniques you want. You will not hear each other. And so this is one of the really tricky things about relationships and marriage. And one of the reasons why, you know, in an era when it's easy to take your car to get fixed and your computer to get fixed and everybody knows how to fix everything, nobody knows how to fix marriages. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because it's very tricky. Uh, it's very tricky in the way we we're vulnerable to thinking about the situation in ways that are logical, but they're not psychological. And since we're talking here about relationships, it's not logic that really works, but it's, you know, it's what's going on in our psyches. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that was kind of a long answer to the question of, you know, what am I seeing? No. Uh, At the end of the day what i see always is only one thing and that's a lack of a connection between a husband and wife and then the and the question then becomes okay so how do a husband and wife reconnect Mm -hmm. and that is the whole marriage fitness program
0: yeah
1: it's about how to move forward and rebuild that connection despite the fact that there was god forbid an affair despite the fact that you've neglected each other for 15 years, despite the fact that you can't communicate, despite the fact that you feel unappreciated, what can you do today to begin to rebuild the connection? There's a lot of answers to that question.
0: I I love what you said. It made made perfectly good sense that if you have that connection with your spouse or significant other, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I, I just keep thinking thing that, pops in my mind is technology. We're, it seems like we're easily distracted these days with our cell phones and everything else. But if you have that connection, I know when my wife and I you know, talk and we, you know, we're on our phones and she says something or I say something, we put down our phones and we have a good conversation because that's where we're connected. But I can yeah. easily see people who aren't connected just, like you said, just being engrossed in other things, other distractions like their cell phone or whatever and they're just... They're just not paying attention because they're not connected. Yeah. And I I think in some ways, I'm not, you know, I think technology is good in a lot of ways, but I think that's probably not helping, you know, with relationships, you know, when you have, you know, a computer in front of you on your, in your hand, that is such an easy distraction. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's not only a distraction, but everybody yearns a connection Mm -hmm. and these digital devices offer us kind of a counterfeit connection. What I mean by that is since our connections through these digital devices are quite wide, it can make us sometimes think that we're connected. But of course the connections are wide but very shallow. At the end of the day, the connections that are really meaningful in life and bring us richness and fulfillment are the connections that are narrow but deep. And what's happening these days out there is that people are substituting wide and shallow for narrow and deep. And that's why you see the rate of depression and suicide and anxiety and eating disorders and all of this stuff is just off the charts. Um, because there is a real existential loneliness, which is ironic in a time when we're more connected. I should really should put that word connected in quotes
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, than ever before.
0: Do you think, I mean, I, I believe in marriage. I mean, I, I think it's sacred. But do you think, from, from your perspective, more that people kind of take that for granted? I think, we're, again, we were talking about this a little bit before. You know, divorce rates are, I think they're still hovering around what, 50%, maybe 48, 49%. Mm-hmm. Do you think marriage is still as sacred or valued as in years past? Or is it just like, oh, well, you know, if we get divorced, I'm not trying to minimize going through a divorce. It's horrible. But do you think people just view it the same way that they used to? I don't. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't think they do. I think that when when we were speaking off air, I mentioned that, you know, the consumer mentality that we're so accustomed to in the marketplace Mm -hmm. has, has begun to take over our personal lives so that we begin to look at people as disposable um, and relationships as you know startups um, uh, and uh, and that's uh, you know that's that's not good yeah it's not good and and I think that um, people are much more you know marriage does not generally speaking have the same place I think in our society that it used to I mean look You mentioned the divorce rate, but I think there's another indicator of this attitude, which is the fact that the age upon which people are getting married is getting older and older. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of people for a decent chunk of their life that take the attitude that, why do I need this? But I think, I don't mean to sound negative. Let me end, let me finish the the Mm -hmm. question, finish answering the question on a positive note. Uh, I think that's going to change dramatically And the reason I think it's going to change dramatically is what I mentioned before, because this attitude and this direction of sort of independence and, and meanness and using that me to connect widely, but shallow is leading people, as I mentioned to this anxiety and depression and loneliness and lack of fulfillment and, drugs and alcohols. And it's, Mm I mean, all this stuff is off the charts. And I think that's why, because at, at, at the core of our being, we desire a connection to another human being. Mm -hmm. It's, it's primordial. It's uh, you know, it's um, uh, it's in many ways, the the, the purpose and meaning of life and it, it can't be denied for too long. You can deny it for a little while. But eventually, I think that humanity, we as people, will get back on track.
0: Yeah, I remember, uh, maybe this is not a good example. I was just coming to my mind. You know, I think George Clooney was single for many, many years and he vowed that he would never, ever get married. And now he's married. Maybe that's not a good example, yeah. but it made yeah. me think about it where, you know, it goes back to your point, Mort, about everybody needs somebody. You know, we yearn for that human connection. And yeah. it might be. You know, hey, you might look like the cold person if you're single and you're out there and you're partying and you have, you know, girlfriends and stuff like that. But it really boils down to what you said. We all yearn for that human connection yeah. and, and to be whether, with somebody.
1: Whether it's Plato or the Bible mm-hmm. uh, or others, you know, the, the beginning of man is often described as this androgynous creature who was then split um, who was then split into two and then the journey of man is to really rediscover ourselves in our relationship with somebody else
0: <clears throat>
1: and um, you know that is uh, that's the existential purpose of life um, and it's the way we're wired and they're you know <laughs>
0: yeah
1: so. And and that's ultimately where we will find and where we do find fulfillment. And that's why, you know, that's why love has the role in our life and in society that it always has and always will.
0: And I like what you said earlier about, you know, many, many people, I mean, you're the expert, many people kind of jump to divorce really, really quickly. Now on the flip side of that, and I'm sure there are many examples, but is there any ever a time where, you know a marriage shouldn't be saved, you know, and people need to to part ways. I'm sure there are. Can you can you name some examples of that?
1: Yeah, um, I, I can. There's really only two examples. The mm-hmm. first is when physical abuse is involved. Uh, somebody should seek safety, get out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. End of story. The second is after the the person or the couple has made a Herculean effort to try to keep the family together and to turn the relationship around. And I'll define Herculean, Uh, in my opinion, a person should meet two criteria simultaneously. The first is they need to take responsibility. Uh, It's easy for everybody to confess their spouse's sins and they always do, but I've never seen a situation where there's not dual responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so before you exit a relationship, Uh, besides confessing your spouse's sins, you need to ask, how am I contributing to this mess? And how do I change about me what is contributing to this mess? The day you answer that question, understand what has to be fixed about you, and really working on that on a consistent basis, that's the day you meet the first criteria. Mm -hmm. The second criteria is that you learn and employ great marital habits. Aristotle said, excellence is not an act, it's a habit. And it's true, whether it's our tennis game, our profession, or our marriage, it is our habits that determine our level of competency. If we have good habits, we'll be good at it, whatever it is. And if we have bad habits, we'll be bad at it, whatever it is. Most people have no clue what the good habits are of a husband or a wife. How should I be behaving? How do I do this thing called marriage? I mean, if I wanted to play tennis, I'd get a coach and there's a way to do it. If I want to argue a case in court, right, I got to go to law school. I got to learn how to do it. There's a way to do it. So too, marriage is no different than anything else. There is a way to do it. But most people fall into the trap of thinking like love is a mystery and you have to be lucky in love. And we have all these ridiculous phrases that we actually have come to believe. But the truth is they are the lie of romantics. There's nothing mysterious about about love. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be lucky. You have to be smart. Yeah. And the day you really understand what are the things that I should be doing and what are the things I should be refraining from doing, and and then when I start to employ those things in my marriage, so that's when I've met that second criteria. Mm-hmm. And I think a person should meet those two criteria simultaneously for at least a year before they exit their marriage. Yeah. And I will tell you that very few people um, that I have worked with have met that criteria and end up exiting the marriage because it's usually those two things, working on those two things, it turns the whole thing around.
0: Yeah. And for those of you listening, we're talking to uh, Mort Vertel And for, you can see testimonials uh, with Mort's great work at marriagemax.com. And we were talking uh, off the air again. More about first responders. Obviously, this is a criminal justice podcast, in the first responder community divorce rates are, are pretty high. And you had a you had an interesting take on that, and I agree with you. Would you share what you told me about first responders, i.e., law enforcement, you know, fire department personnel, EMTs? Yeah. Why do you think that they struggle so much with with their marriage? Because I know I did. I know a lot of my friends that are married struggle at some point.
1: So first let me just admit that this is just a guess mm-hmm. and it's from anecdotal evidence. I don't have any data, I don't have any research and I'm not an expert on first responders, but I certainly have worked with a number of people and couples who have you know, had that in their careers. Mm-hmm. And here's my sense, first responders have, um, they know that they're doing something important. It's a real gift. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to work in your job and your career and to be doing something that's actually important and meaningful, it's a real gift that's very special. And you don't have to work too hard if you're a first responder to believe that. I mean, it's right there every day. You're saving people's lives and really impacting people's lives. And so that's great. But sometimes I think that ends up translating into people thinking that it's so important what I do that it becomes primary in my life instead of secondary. And we can never, we should never forget. Uh, and I also think that my work is very meaningful. Mm. I mean, I also have the rare opportunity that not many people have where, you know, on a day-to-day basis, my work is really impacting people's personal lives mm. in a very significant way. But I always remind myself that, the primary accomplishments of my life are the ones that occur between the four walls of my home. Sure, yeah. And the the first life that I'm responsible for saving are the lives in my family, and I'm, of course I don't mean saving them physically. They're not physically in danger, mm-hmm. but if somebody's being neglected, if somebody's sad, if somebody's lonely, if somebody feels unloved, then they need to be saved. And uh, my children, you know they, they only get one father. My, my wife only gets one husband. I mean, I'm it. And so anyway, I think that when you're doing something important, it's easy to feel that it's so important that it can come at the expense of the things that are really
0: important. And for me, it was
1: easy. And it's easy. And one more last point that maybe this is obvious, but I'll just close the loop. It's very easy for people to convince themselves that what I'm doing is so important that should take precedent over my family because of course it is important. It's much harder for somebody working on wall street to convince themselves of that.
0: And, and for me, well said more. And for me, you know, it was just, okay, the job is consuming me. I got to go out there. I got to do a good job. And I took my family for granted for many years. Yeah. The one thing I didn't realize, like you said, you, you know, with your family taking care of them is Sooner or later, I'm going to leave my job. You listeners out there, sooner or later, you're going to retire. You're going to do something else. And then what has happened is <laughs> your kids are grown up. You know, your 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 wife or spouse or whatever is to a point now where they've been neglected for so many years. And hopefully you could save the marriage with, you know, services that more, uh has. But for me, it was like I, I neglected. Not that I was totally absent all the time, but it was it, it was just, oh, well, they'll always be there kind of mentality. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's just not healthy, obviously.
1: Yeah, and I apologize to your audience that this sounds a little repetitive, but just I think it's it, its worth drilling this point home just from a, a different angle. And that is that, you know, sure, being a first responder, it, it is important. And it's amazing work that you're all doing. But let's be honest You know, if you're not on call and you're not the first one there, somebody else will be.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: But but if you're not home and a father or a mother to your kids or a husband or a wife to your spouse, nobody can take your place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'll be empty.
0: Yeah. Now, pivoting more really quick. Tell us about, we've been talking about it pretty much. Uh, directly and indirectly through the whole show. Tell us about marriage fitness, what it entails. I know you got a lot of, you got like a, a mini boot camp. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I, um, ma- the Marriage Fitness Teleboot Camp is a, um, is a program that I created that helps people who are in marital crisis save their marriage. And it gives them all sorts of resources and instructions and steps for how to go about doing that. You have the opportunity to download audio files, participate in teleconferences, speak to me one-on-one, take marriage assessments. We have a duo track for couples doing the program together, and there's a Lone Ranger track for people who are dealing with an obstinate spouse who want to make an effort unilaterally to turn their marriage around, which, parenthetically, by the way, is very possible, Nobody should fall into the trap of thinking that it takes two to tango. I need my spouse to do this. That's that's a complete lie. Uh, One person can can have tremendous influence on the direction of a marriage through their own unilateral efforts. And in the Lone Ranger track, we teach people what they can do unilaterally to turn things around and ultimately to get their spouse on board. And, uh, yeah, there's more information about the program, at, uh, as you mentioned, at marriagemax.com. And uh, even before you join the program, uh, you should really just go to my website. I have a free report, Seven Secrets for Fixing Your Marriage. Uh, it's totally free. There's no strings attached. There's a lot of great information there. And if you're having any issues in your marriage, um, you know, I think that report can help you.
0: And we will have all that linked up uh, in the show notes. Any any final tips or suggestions uh, for the listener out there, Mort?
1: I mean, this is just, I'm picking this randomly. There are dozens and dozens of sort of principles and practices in the program that I find really are crucial in helping marriages. But, um, you know, after many years of marriage, we become experts at catching our spouse doing things wrong. And if I were to ask, you know, what's wrong with your husband? What's wrong with your wife? You know, you could probably give me quite a long list. But um, I would ask you this question, and I would suggest you ask yourself this question every day. Can you catch your spouse doing something right? And can you make a big deal out of it? Because I guarantee you, despite the fact that they are probably doing things wrong, it does no good to criticize, condemn, or complain. You might feel justified, you might be right about it, but that doesn't mean it's productive or effective. What's effective is being appreciative. What's effective is elevating the level of gratitude in your marriage. What's effective is catching your husband or wife doing things right and making a big deal out of it. And that builds goodwill in the relationship and begins to move the needle in the right direction. And it's something, it's a very simple thing that everybody can do every day.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent advice, Mort. And thank you so much, sir, for coming on the show and how you're saving marriages everywhere. And if people, again, want to reach out to you, the best way is marriagemax.com, sir.
1: Yes. My contact information, all my social media channels are linked from there.
0: Well, I appreciate it more. Much success to you in the future, my friend. And thank you for coming on the show.
1: You're welcome. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: All right, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this
1: episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast. For more strategies for self-improvement and resources based on today's episode, be sure to head to cjevolution.com. You can also connect to Patrick directly on social media at Pat underscore Fitzgibbons with any questions, comments, or concerns. We look forward to helping you find more personal success on the next episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast.